0: section 9 of under fire the story of a squad this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org under fire the story of a squad by henri barbusse translated by william fitzwater ray chapter 8 on leave eudor sat down a while there by the roadside well before taking the path over the fields that led to the trenches his hands crossed over one knee his pale face uplifted he had no moustache under his nose only a little flat smear over each corner of his mouth he whistled and then yawned in the face of the morning till the tears came an artilleryman who was quartered on the edge of the wood over there where a line of horses and carts looked like a gypsy's bivouac came up with the well in his mind and two canvas buckets that danced at the end of his arms in time with his feet in front of the sleepy unarmed soldier with a bulging bag he stood fast on leave yes said eudore just back good for you said the gunner as he made off you've nothing to grumble at with six days leave in your water-bottle and here see are four more men coming down the road their gait heavy and slow their boots turned into enormous caricatures of boots by reason of the mud as one man they stopped on espying the profile of eudor there's eudore Hello, eudore Hello, the old sport you're back then they cried together and they hurried up and offered him hands as big and ruddy as if they were hidden in woollen gloves morning boys said eudore had a good time what have you got to tell us my boy yes replied eudore not so bad we've been on wine fatigue and we've finished let's go back together pa in single file they went down the embankment of the road arm in arm they crossed the field of grey mud where their feet fell with the sound of dough being mixed in the kneading trough well you've seen your wife your little mariette the only girl for you that you could never open your jaw without telling us a tale about her eh Eudore's wan face winced my wife yes i saw her sure enough but only for a little while there was no way of doing any better but no luck i admit and that's all about it how's that how you know that we live at villiers la a hamlet of four houses neither more nor less a straddle over the road one of those houses is our caf and she runs it or rather she is running it again since they gave up shelling the village now then with my leave coming along she asked for a permit to mont st eloi where my old folks are and my permit was for mont st eloi too see the move being a little woman with a headpiece you know she had applied for her permit long before the date when my leave was expected all the same my leave came before her permit in spite of that i set off for one doesn't let his turn in the company go by eh so i stayed with the old people and waited i like em well enough but i got down in the mouth all the same as for them it was enough that they could see me and it worried them that i was bored by their company how else could it be at the end of the sixth day at the finish of my leave and the very evening before returning a young man on a bicycle son of the florence family brings me a letter from mariette to say that her permit had not yet come ah rotten luck cried the audience and that continued eudore there was only one thing to do i was to get leave from the mayor of mont saint eloi who would get it from the military and go myself at full speed to see her at Villers. you should have done that the first day not the sixth so it seems but i was afraid we should cross and me miss her you see as soon as i landed i was expecting her all the time and every minute i fancied i could see her at the open door so i did as she told me after all you saw her just one day or rather just one night quite sufficient merrily said la and eudore the pale and serious shook his head under the shower of pointed and perilous jests that followed shut your great mouths for five minutes chaps get on with it petit there isn't a great lot of it said eudore well then you were saying you had got a hump with your old people ah yes they had tried their best to make up for mariette with lovely rashers of our own ham and plum brandy and patching up my linen and all sorts of little spoiled kid tricks and i noticed they were still slanging each other in the old familiar way but you talk about a difference i always had my eye on the door to see if some time or other it wouldn't get a move on and turn into a woman. So I went and saw the mare, and set off yesterday towards two in the afternoon, towards fourteen o'clock, I might well say, seeing that I had been counting the hours since the day before. I had just one day of my leave left then. As we drew near in the dusk through the carriage window of the little railway that still keeps going down there on some fag ends of line, I recognized half the country, and the other half I didn't here and there i got the sense of it all at once and it came back all fresh to me and melted away again just as if it was talking to me then it shut up in the end we got out and i found the limit that was that we had to pad the hoof to the last station never old oh man have i been in such weather it had rained for six days for six days the sky washed the earth and then washed it again the earth was softening and shifting and filling up the holes and making new ones same here it only stopped raining this morning it was just my luck and everywhere there were swollen new streams washing away the borders of the fields as though they were lines on paper there were hills that ran with water from top to bottom gusts of wind sent the rain in great clouds flying and whirling about and lashing our hands and faces and necks so you bet when i had tramped to the station if someone had pulled a really ugly face at me it would have been enough to make me turn back but when we did get to the place there were several of us some more men on leave they weren't bound for villiers but they had to go through it to get somewhere else so it happened that we got there in a lump five old cronies that didn't know each other i could make out nothing of anything they've been worse shelled over there than here and then there was the water everywhere and it was getting dark i told you there are only four houses in the little place only they're a good bit off from each other you come to the lower end of a slope i didn't know too well where i was no more than my pals did though they belonged to the district and had some notion of the lay of it and all the less because of the rain falling in buckets full it got so bad that we couldn't keep from hurrying and began to run we passed by the farm of the Alou, that's the first of the houses and it looked like a sort of stone ghost bits of walls like splintered pillars standing up out of the water the house was shipwrecked the other farm a little further was as good as drowned dead our house is the third it's on the edge of the road that runs along the top of the slope we climbed up facing the rain that beat on us in the dusk and began to blind us the cold and wet fairly smacked us in the eye flop and broke our ranks like machine-guns the house i ran like a greyhound like an african attacking mariette i could see her with her arms raised high in the doorway behind that fine curtain of night and rain of rain so fierce that it drove her back and kept her shrinking between the doorposts like a statue of the virgin in its niche i just threw myself forward but remembered to give my pals the sign to follow me the house swallowed the lot of us mariette laughed a little to see me with a tear in her eye she waited till we were alone together and then laughed and cried all at once i told the boys to make themselves at home and sit down some on the chairs and the rest on the table where are they going say monsieur asked mariette we are going to vauvel jesus she said you'll never get there you can't do those two miles and more in the night with the roads washed away and swamps everywhere you mustn't even try to well we'll go on to-morrow then only we must find somewhere to pass the night i'll go with you i said as far as the pondu farm they're not short of room in that shop you'll snore and they're all right and you can start at daybreak right let's get a move on so far we went out again what a downpour we were wet past bearing the water poured into our socks through the boot soles and by the trouser bottoms and they too were soaked through and through up to the knees before we got to this pondu we meet a shadow in a big black cloak with a lantern the lantern is raised and we see a gold stripe on the sleeve and then an angry face what the hell are you doing there says the shadow drawing back a little and putting one fist on his hip while the rain rattled like hail on his hood there are men on leave for vauvel they can't set off again to-night they would like to sleep in the pondu farm what do you say sleep here this is the police station i am the officer on guard and there are Beauc prisoners in the buildings and i'll tell you what he said as well i must see you hop it from here in less than two seconds bonsoir so we right about face and started back again stumbling as if we were boozed slipping puffing splashing and bespattering ourselves one of the boys cried to me through the wind and rain we'll go back with you as far as your home all the same if we haven't a house we've time enough where will you sleep oh we'll find somewhere don't worry for the little time we have to kill here yes we'll find somewhere all right i said come in again for a minute meanwhile i won't take no and mariette sees us enter once more in single file all five of us soaked like bread in soup so there we all were with only one little room to go round in and go round again the only room in the house seeing that it isn't a palace tell me madame says one of our friends isn't there a cellar here there's water in it says mariette you can't see the bottom step and it's only got two damn says the man for i see there's no loft either after a minute or two he gets up good night old pal he says to me and they get their hats on what are you going off in weather like this boys do you think says the old sport that we're going to spoil your stay with your wife but my good man but me no buts it's nine o'clock and you've got to take your hook before day so good night coming you others rather say the boys good night all there they are at the door and opening it mariette and me we look at each other but we don't move once more we look at each other and then we sprang at them i grab the skirt of a coat and she a belt all wet enough to ring out never we won't let you go it can't be done but-but me no buts i reply while she locks the door then what asked la then nothing at all replied eudore we just stayed like that very discreetly all the night sitting propped up in the corners yawning like the watchers over a dead man we made a bit of talk at first from time to time someone said is it still raining and went and had a look and said it's still raining we could hear it by the way a big chap who had a mustache like a bulgarian fought against sleeping like a wild man sometimes one or two among the crowd slept but there was always one to yawn and keep an eye open for politeness who stretched himself or half got up so that he could settle more comfortably mariette and me we never slept we looked at each other but we looked at the others as well and they looked at us and there you are morning came and cleaned the window i got up to go and look outside the rain was hardly less in the room i could see dark forms that began to stir and breathe hard mariette's eyes were red with looking at me all night between her and me a soldier was filling his pipe and shivering some one beats a tattoo on the window and i half open it a silhouette with a streaming hat appears as though carried and driven there by the terrible force of the blast that came with it and asks hey in the caf there is there any coffee to be had coming sir coming cried mariette she gets up from her chair a little benumbed without a word she looks at herself in our bit of a mirror touches her hair lightly and says quite simply the good lass i am going to make coffee for everybody when that was drunk off we had all of us to go besides customers turned up every minute hey la petite mère! they cried shoving their noses in at the half-open window let's have a coffee or three or four and two more again says another voice we go up to mariette to say good-bye they knew they had played gooseberry that night most damnably but i could see plainly that they didn't know if it would be the thing to say something about it or just let it drop altogether then the bulgarian made up his mind we've made a hell of a mess of it for you eh ma petite dame he said that to show he'd been well brought up the old sport mariette thanks him and offers him her hand that's nothing at all sir i hope you'll enjoy your leave and me i held her tight in my arms and kissed her as long as i could half a minute discontented my god there was reason to be but glad that mariette had not driven the boys out like dogs and i felt sure she liked me too for not doing it but that isn't all said one of the leave-men lifting the skirt of his cape and fumbling in his coat pocket that's not all what do we owe you for the coffees nothing for you stayed the night with me you are my guests oh madame we can't have that and how they set to to make protests and compliments in front of each other old oh, man you can say what you like we may be only poor devils but it was astonishing that little palaver of good manners come along let's be hopping it eh they go out one by one i stay till the last just then another passer-by begins to knock on the window another who was dying for a mouthful of coffee mariette by the open door leaned forward and cried one second then she put into my arms a parcel that she had ready. I had bought a knuckle of ham. It was for supper, for us, for us too, and a liter of good wine. But ma foi, when I saw there were five of you, I didn't want to divide it out so much, and I want still less now. There's the ham, the bread, and the wine. I give them to you so that you can enjoy them by yourself, my boy. As for them, we have given them enough, she says. Poor Mariette! size eudore fifteen months since i'd seen her and when shall i see her again ever it was jolly that idea of hers she crammed all that stuff into my bag he half opens his brown canvas pouch look here they are the ham here and the bread and there's the booze well seeing it's there you don't know what we're going to do with it we're going to share it out between us eh old pals End of chapter eight on leave